to be good. Welcome to our church. Good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Everyone does look happy. There's smiles all around. It's very, very nice to see. If you guys are willing and able, um, please stand with us. I'm just going to open us up in prayer right before we start the service. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all these bright, shining faces that are here this morning. We just want to come together you and worship you this morning. God, we give you our best. We just, we just praise you for everything that you've done for us. We give you our hardships and our difficulties and our rejoicing. We just give everything to you today. Lord, help us to focus on you and to just be able to worship you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name.
Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would take away any fear that we have in this room today, any anxiety. I just pray that you would lift that off of our shoulders today. When you rolled the stone away, when you walked out of the
God, we were one way. We were broken. We were falling apart. But you picked us up and you saved us. You rescued us. We thank you for that. It's 
Bruce. There we go. Thank you. Um, as we transition to prayer this morning, that, that last song, um, it just hit me. And uh, Jess, when Jess and Toby and I drove to Florida um, a couple weeks ago, we were listening to the Chronicles of Narnia, like all the way down and all the way back. Um, and it's this beautiful story that C.S. Lewis writes that is a, an allegory, a metaphor of the story of Christ. And there are multiple times where Aslan, the lion, who um, is uh, an metaphor for Jesus, his character, where Aslan breathes on people. And, and throughout the story, at different points in their journeys, that they are either they're weak or they are needing empowerment or courage. And Aslan will appear at just that right moment that he will breathe on them. And some people receive it and some people don't receive it um, as far as what the, it was intended. And, you know, for us, we... Um, Sometimes we're limited because we have time constraints in this space to linger and, um, and just receive everything that God has for us sometimes. And, and it feels constricted because we know we have a hard stop that we have to get out of here and get everything cleaned up and put away. This morning, I'd like us to sing that song one more time. Um, and again, we're going to transition to prayer and if you need prayer, please join uh, Terry and I and the elders in the back, and we'd love to pray with you over any of your needs. Um, but as we sing this song one more time, I want you to just receive the breath of God, right? We, we talked about the Hebrew word for that, the ruach, the breath of God, that God, it hovered over the waters at creation. It was that breath, that mighty rushing wind that... Uh, came over them in the upper room and filled them with the Holy Spirit. It was that same breath that in, in John chapter 17 that Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So this morning, if maybe, maybe you feel out of breath, let him fill you back up this morning as we sing these closing prayers.
Champion. 
may be seated. God is good. Amen. A couple of things before we get to communion and we dismiss kids to go to Kids Quest. If I could have um, Zach Thomas and Corey Thomas and Nick Delaney and Daniel and Joe Sweeney come up here and join me up front. So at LifeQuest, uh, when you become a member, the, the thing that we have done for the last 15 years, um, I'll tell the story, and I think I told these guys at the membership class, that when, when I was a kid, uh, when you became a member, you got a card, and it said that you were a member in good standing of whatever church that you were a part of. And on the back, it listed all of the things that we didn't do. And so we don't smoke, we don't chew, we don't run with those that do, we don't play cards, we don't go to the movies. And it, we defined our membership in church by all the things we don't do. And I was like, I don't want our membership process to be, here are the things we don't do. And, and so we thought up, you know, as we talk about this journey that we're on, this life quest that we're on, what better token to remind you of your membership at LifeQuest than a walking stick? And so when you become a member at LifeQuest, you get a walking stick. And um, so I'm going to leave it up to you to come and choose. And what's interesting is these walking sticks were harvested from uh, Moscow Road, from the woods behind my sister Kim's house, from when my dad was there. And um, I picked this one out for you. Like, this one felt like Joe. All right. Right? There we go. That was a little rough, kind of like you. That's all right, right? That's a good thing, right? We're all a work in progress. But if you wouldn't mind uh, extending your hand, and, and uh, Melissa and Caleb, if you can, and James, um, hand the camera to someone else. There you go. He's such a booger. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for Nick and for Daniel and Joe. We thank you for Corey and for Zach and uh, for Toby, who's not here. Lord, just uh, we ask that as we receive these people into membership, Lord, that they would walk with you. And Lord, as we journey together, as we walk together as brothers and sisters and as as covenanted members of this church, that you would strengthen them, that you would anoint them, that you would empower them. Help them, Lord, to continue to find ways to serve and to walk together with us as a church family. And, oh Lord, we thank you for them. And we ask your special blessing over them. In Jesus' name, we welcome them into membership at LifeQuest. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Awesome. All right, you can go sit down. You're welcome. Now, just because you're not a member doesn't mean that you're not a valued part of our congregation. And we have got quite a few folks that have attended LifeQuest faithfully for a long time. Um, and and you're, you are equally a part of our congregation. What membership does for us is it is it's a covenant, it's a it's a commitment that you write on a piece of paper and say LifeQuest Community Church is my church family. Um, and the other thing that it does, according to unfortunately the governmental rules that we operate under, membership are those people who have signed a membership covenant, so that when we need to do legal things, members are the people who get to vote on major decisions. One of those is what's going to happen later this morning as we meet for our family business meeting to vote on a decision for the future of our church. And so if you're not a member at LifeQuest, you are still welcome to stick around for the family business meeting because your your opinion and your your input is valued. But when it comes to voting on the actual decision, only people who are members can vote. All right? Um Lots and lots of things are happening in the next couple of weeks. Next weekend is Church on the Move, and we are going to be at Greece New Testament. That's the church that's down on North Avenue below, um, used to be Adventure Landing, now it's the Clubhouse Part 2. Um, and so we're going to be worshiping with the Boltons at, at Greece New Testament next weekend. And I'm pretty excited about that. They actually are just now starting a series through the book of Acts. And it kind of feels like familiar territory to us. We spent the entire year last year in Acts. Uh, But next weekend, I'm going to be preaching out of Acts chapter 2 about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, I am believing that the Holy Spirit is going to come and move in a mighty way. And so if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit... Um, we'll actually have time and space uh, during service for people who want to receive the Holy Spirit to come uh, and be prayed for and, and believing that God will fill uh, as, as many as, as ask, right? The scriptures say that all we have to do is ask. And um, so I'm excited for next weekend as we worship together with Greece uh, uh, New Testament Christian Church. So that's coming up. And then, uh, TJ, I've got slides for these, if you can put them up for me quick. Um, Lots of things. So next Saturday, if you're interested, next Saturday we are going to be, folks that want to, um, there is this regional equipping series, Transforming a Culture in Chaos. And uh, it's from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's at Bridge Builders Ministries in the city on Norton Street. Um, Not really in the city. It's in Arondequoit. It's over by Arondequoit Mall. And um, Jason McGuire is speaking, Mike Warren is speaking, and um, Mike, uh, Pastor Mike Peace um, is going to be there. And it's just a, a, an informational seminar on how do we engage the chaos that's going on in our culture and how do we speak to things like uh, the pro-life movement and how do we engage in dialogue in a way that, that can affect change. Um, how do we speak to racial issues? How do we speak to things that are happening politically? And so Jason McGuire is uh, someone who is an expert at, at speaking to uh, those political things. He works for um, the family network that uh, lobbies our state government. 
Mike Warren is is Keith and Amy's are Keith's dad. The, the Warrens are in Syracuse at a sports thing this weekend. But um, Mike Warren is Keith's dad, and he is a missionary to the unborn. And so he'll be helping us. How do we dialogue with people? How do we speak to people about the pro-life issue? And then uh, Pastor Pete, uh, Pastor Mike Peace um, is a, an African-American pastor. I believe Bridge Builders is his church. And he'll be talking to how do we engage our culture and speak to racial issues. Um, so it's going to be an awesome opportunity for us to learn how to engage in these very difficult but important conversations and how do we walk that out as followers of Christ. Next week is the National Day of Prayer on Thursday, the 4th. And so we are going to be joining the folks, uh, uh, churches from all over Monroe County are coming to Greece Assembly of God, and we're going to be praying for our nation. And uh, literally, we, the plan is all laid out for that evening where uh, there will be some corporate worship. There will be a short, short message. And then the rest of the time is devoted to prayer. And all around the congregation, we'll be breaking up into smaller groups of people and be led by uh, pastors in our community that will lead those prayer groups, praying for specific things um, from our local government to our state government to our national government and praying for revival in our nation. I think it's critical. And so that's coming up. And then, TJ, is there another one on there? Uh, the men's retreat uh, is May 5th and 6th. And if you didn't sign up for it, you still can let me know. Right now we have 11 guys that are going. Um, but if you would like to go and join us at Camp Hickory Hill on the 5th and the 6th, which is not next weekend but the weekend after, uh, please let me know that so that we can get you registered for it. All right? Awesome. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. You may not get a seat or a parking spot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to go, come early. And I believe they pack in the whole facility. So if you don't make it into the sanctuary, you go into the gymnasium for the overflow. Long Pond Road. Yeah, because there's only those two entrances in and out of Greece Assembly. Thank you for that. All right, Marsha. Okay, at the school? At the town hall. Okay, perfect. At the same time? 8 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Thank you. Anything else I missed? Okay, awesome. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 30. Paul says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, You are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. 
if Daniel and I uh, were having a conversation this week about church tradition and um, why why do we do communion every week where many churches only do it on the first Sunday of the month um, and and traditional churches Catholic churches they do communion every Sunday because this part of our worship experience um, for Christians all over the world is the central point of the worship experience. Whether or not the pastor preaches a homily or not, for many people, if they don't experience communion, they don't feel like they went to church. And for us, we believe that communion is so important and so valuable that it needed to be brought back into our public worship experience that it was important that we take communion every single week. And, and we do it differently, right? In, in many churches, you sit in your pew or in your row and the plate is passed and you take your cup and your piece of bread and it's a, a solitary experience. And, I mean, in the word communion mean, is the word commune, to be together. And so that's why we do LifeQuest uh, communion like a full contact sport. You've got to come down. And, and take your elements and then pray together as a family um, or as a group. And, um, because communion is valuable and it is an essential part of our expression of worship. So I just wanted to kind of explain that because sometimes we forget. And uh, sometimes we're like, we just get into the routine of, oh, now it's time. It's that time of the service that we do communion. Let's remember why it's important. Amen? Father, we thank you for these symbols of your grace, these pieces of bread and these cups of juice that represent your body and your blood. Lord, we ask that as we come to the table this morning with whatever needs we may have, that you would apply your grace to those needs, whether we need healing physically or emotionally or spiritually whether we need your direction, whether we need encouragement. Father, as we come to the table and we remember the price that you paid for us, for our sin, Lord, that we would, we would be grateful. And that not only grateful, but we would be expectant to hear you, to receive from you. And Lord, we believe that, that soon you will return. So, Lord, we look forward to that as we celebrate communion today. In Jesus' name, amen. Tables are open.
Awesome. Well, good morning. We're going to be continuing in our Lost series this morning. And last week we talked about the lost sheep. And today we're going to talk about the lost coin. And this is out of this passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 15, where Jesus is, is confronted by the Pharisees and they're complaining about his choices, about his, his friend group, about the people that he's choosing to spend time with. And in, in verse 1 of, of Luke chapter 15, uh, don't worry about putting that up on the screen, TJ. I know it's not. It's on there. Don't worry about it. But it's, it, it opens with tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. And again, I don't know. I, I hope that that doesn't describe our room today. Tax collectors and notorious sinners. Well, maybe it describes Ed. Um, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Tax yeah. Taxpayers and, and former notorious sinners. Is that better? Um, forgiven. Yes. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people and even eating with them. And Jesus responds. First, he tells them the story about the lost sheep, and that's what we unpacked this, this past Sunday. And this morning, uh, I want to look at that next section where he's talking about the parable of the lost coin. And, and these parables are referred to as the lost parables. And, and I was tempted to like throw the logo from the lost TV show and put the, the, the weird music playing behind it, right? Because sometimes you think about things that are lost. I know I could have done that, but I didn't. Um, and because half the room doesn't remember lost because you're too young to remember. And, and it's one of those things, again, that ages me um, when I stand up here. But in, in Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10, Jesus tells another lost story. And we can take some things out of this short little snippet of Scripture from, the, from verse 8, 9, and 10 that I believe can help us when we think about how do we, how do we think about the lost, what do we do about the lost? How do we approach it as individuals and as a church? And so join, open up your Bibles, and we'll start in verse 8. So he's just finished talking about the lost sheep, and he wraps it up. And then he says this, or, you know, we just talked about lost sheep, or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it. Verse 9. And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and her neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, Jesus says, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would speak to us today through your word. That you would challenge us, that you would encourage us, that you would empower us to be a light in a dark world. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So there's four things that we're going to pull out of this passage that happen here. And I think that can apply to us 
as believers and as followers of Christ as, we were, as we're out there in a dark and broken and lost world. And so, TJ, if you want to put that, that verse 8 back up on the screen, the first thing that she does is she lights her lamp. And, and for me, it's she shined a light. She shined a light. And, and when you, I hear that, that she, she lit a lamp, it reminds me of what Jesus said where he said uh, in the, the Sermon on the Mount that we are to let our light shine, right? That a city on the hill can't be hidden, but that we are to be the light in the world, that, that his light shines through us. And, and so the first thing she does is she lights a lamp. Now, there's a couple of different ways that this happened in an early first century kind of a context. When Jesus says, light a lamp, one is they would have these clay lanterns that you would put olive oil or oil into, and it would have a wick, and, and you would light that, and it gives a little bit of light. Another way that they would do this, because most of their houses were built on just on the ground, that you had a dirt floor. And what some people did was they would dig a hole in the floor and then pour oil in the hole and put the wick into that little depression in the house. Now, their houses were mostly built out of stone, so they're not worried about setting their house on fire. But you have now this fire on the ground that, that is casting limited amounts of light, but some light, and, and is potentially dangerous because now you've, you're walking around and there's a fire on the floor as you're trying to sweep and, and clean, right? And so, but, but what she did was that she lit a lamp. She shined a light. And, and for us, we can do that exact same thing. When we show the love of Christ to the lost and broken people in our world, when we show them love, when we show them that the God's blessing and, and we walk as an example, uh, not in a judgmental way, but that we walk in, in love and, and show people what it looks like to really be a Christian, not what they think Christians look like, that light is attractive. Right? There's, there's that beautiful scene, uh, it's, it's not a great analogy, but in A Bug's Life, where there's this bug lamp right? that's a light because light attracts. And so the, the, the mosquito is drawn to the light, and he's like, don't go into the light. And he's like, I can't help it, it's so beautiful. And then, bzzz, um which is not what we're saying, but that, that light is attractive. That when we are walking as believers in, in truth and in integrity and we're genuinely showing people what it looks like to be a Christian, that light helps people find their way to Christ. You know, a survey was done a couple of years ago that we as Americans spend 2.5 days a year out of our 365 looking for misplaced items. Isn't that crazy? And the most, anybody want to guess, what is the most misplaced item in an American household? 
Remote control. The remote control, 45%. Next one is your phone, 33%. Next one is your keys, 28%. Uh, the next one after car keys, where are my glasses? I, I think this might have happened in my house not that long ago. Where are my glasses? Right? Where are my glasses? Where are my shoes? Where is my wallet or my purse? And unfortunately, here's the crazy thing, not all of those items get found. There are some, I remember back in the day when our, that little tiny Apple remote that we had for our Apple TV God only knows, someday, someday, a million years from now, when we move. I know because you kept losing them. Found one in the couch. Of course you did. Right. A metal remote that dog ate it. $2.7 billion a year is spent replacing lost things every year. Right? It's nuts. But the first thing she did was what? She lit, her, she lit her lamp. She shined a light. Second thing she did was this. She cleaned house. She swept up the entire house. What does that mean for us? Clean house. You know, when you're trying to find something, especially for her, it's, it was nearly impossible, depending on what time of day it was, to find this missing coin in a dark house. It's even more difficult to do if your house is a mess. And so she sweeps the house. She's carefully looking around the ground. And, and for us, do we, are we and, and again, I'm not making a judgment call in anyone's house. If you've been to my house, again, Bruce, I am so sorry about the garage. Uh, Bruce, every other week, has to navigate. And, and Gail, thank you so much, um, Right? Because our lives get full of all kinds of junk and distraction and stuff. And, and so this woman is, is doing everything that she can to prepare her house so that she can find what she's lost. And what's interesting is that she has lost an important possession. And so she's, she's trying everything that she can to find this. So what's interesting is, is what she's lost is one of her ten silver coins. Why is that a big deal? Is this woman rich? No. No. The silver coin that we're talking about here in the, in the New Testament is a, a Greek drachma. And a drachma was equal to one week's pay. And so all she has in her entire possession is 10 weeks of income. And she's lost one. That's mission critical, right? She's, she's in trouble. She doesn't have very much, and to lose one is a big deal. And so she's got to do everything that she can to try to find it. So the first thing she does is she lights a lamp. Second thing she does is what? She cleans house. For us, how do we apply that? Number one, again, we need to be a light. We need to be those kind of people that can attract people to Christ, that we're not the miserable 
obnoxious people that are always complaining about what's wrong in the world, but that we shine the light of Christ because we have hope. And we have hope because we are living in a clean house, that we have cleaned out the junk and that we're not bringing our garbage to the world. Right? Shine a light, clean your house. And then number three, she searches in, New, in the New Living Translation, it says she searches carefully until she finds it. In, in other translations, it says that she searched with earnest, that she was, this was an all hands on deck endeavor, endeavor, right? She wasn't just, oh, I lost a coin. Uh, maybe I'll find it. Like she's lighting every lamp that she can. She's got her broom and she's sweeping and she's looking and she's turning the couch, all the cushions in the couch over and she's picking things up and she's looking underneath them, right? She doesn't look like I look, but I say, honey, I can't find this. And she says, did you look? And I say, of course I looked. And she goes, but did you look like a normal human looks? Or did you look like you look? And I'm like, I looked. I promise I looked. And she will walk to wherever I was just there. There it is. Right? I, well, because, you know, I have a man brain. And, and I man looked for it. And I didn't really look for it. This woman is looking with earnest. She is searching for that lost coin. She lights a lamp, she sweeps the house, and she's searching carefully until she finds it. And then she does something that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Because when she does find it, what does she do? She throws a party. Right? She, she literally throws a party. She says, and when she finds it, she calls in her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. When you invited people over to your house, it meant you were responsible for providing them with food. She threw a party that probably cost more than one silver coin to rejoice. One Bible commenter said this. He said, "It seems hard. It seems uh, it hardly seems reasonable, since she is likely to spend more than she recovered as a relatively poor person. She has ten drachmas that she can ill afford to act like she has money to burn. But this is the point: that God pours out that same lavish generosity that when one sinner repents and comes to the Lord." Heaven has a party. Heaven celebrates. Right? There is, it's, the angels rejoice. A couple of weeks ago, a month ago, I was speaking at Camp Hickory Hill. And we were sharing about being a mighty man of God. And on that first night, I gave an invitation for the young men to respond to a salvation call that you don't, you can't be a mighty man of God unless you are a man of God first. And I gave them the opportunity to respond to that and invite Jesus into their life for the first time. And seven boys responded. Right? Right? And, and that was amazing. But the response in the room was, 
We just clapped. When she sees one lost person receive, when she finds that lost coin, she went crazy. She called all of her friends. You can't believe I was lost. And, 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 and she doesn't seem to have a husband to go help her look for it, so she's looking for it by herself. Odds are she's probably better off that way, right? Because if her husband looks for it, he's not going to find it anyway. But she, she celebrates, and, and he says, in the same way, when a person comes to faith in Jesus, that same joy that that woman experienced in finding the lost coin is only a fraction of the joy that is expressed in heaven, when someone comes home, when someone who is lost is found. I, I found this story amazing. Um, there was a story in, in California about a pet owner who had an, a gray African parrot. And, and folks that are former Spence Support Assemblies of God people, um, do you guys remember the bird lady? And, and she had, she would sometimes have like prophetic words about her bird. It was a little weird. Um, but those of you that have in the past have been bird pet owners, my wife had a little cockatiel named Tweety Bird who, um, you could teach them how to talk. And, and I worked really hard while we were dating to teach Tweety how to say Rob's cool. I worked really hard. And and I think I got him to say it once. I don't know if he said it. He said it all the time. See, Rob's cool. Rob's cool. You just reinforce it. So this family had a gray African parrot, and it got lost, and it was gone for four years. They thought it was dead, lost, who knows. And then even more surprising than the, you know, the, the, lost, the bird was found and returned home. I don't know how, I don't know if it got stolen or if it just got out and someone found it, but somehow they got their bird back. And when they got their bird back, it spoke in Spanish. Isn't that great? I love that. Um, we may We may lose hope of ever seeing those people, those family members that are lost uh, come to the Lord, but uh, God always has a plan. And and again, I, I, sometimes you know we wrestle sometimes when we we ask we we ask for prayer requests for healing or for an answer to prayer. And and you know it's confounding, it's confusing sometimes when we say, God, I prayed for this person to receive healing and and they didn't get it, right? And so you know the answer is always. From the Lord, it's either yes or it's no or it's not now. And so we struggle sometimes with um, we don't receive that healing right away immediately, and other people do. And then the same thing applies to praying for our unsaved loved ones. The thing that is so beautiful about that prayer is that when you are praying for someone who is lost to come to Christ, the answer to that prayer is Always yes. It's never a no answer. It may take a year. It may take 10 years. It may take 30 years. But the answer to that prayer is always yes. I love Dick and Sue Reynolds. 
and their, their testimony, their story of how Sue prayed for Dick for 30 years. And, and they started coming to LifeQuest, and Dick wasn't a Christian, but he came and made friends and got connected and got involved. And, and it was maybe a year or two after they had been attending, and we were talking about a membership class and inviting people to join as members of the church. And Dick said he wanted to do that. And Sue was like, you want to become a member of a church? And she said, well, the membership covenant says that you have to have a, a relationship with Jesus and you have to have invited him into your heart and, and asked for forgiveness and that you are walking as a Christian. And Dick was like, uh-huh. And she's like, well, when did that happen? He goes, I don't know. But he, as, as we show, show Dick the light of Christ through our love and through our friendship and through our fellowship, that light was attractive. And 30 years of prayer finally came tr- to pass. Amen? Shine our light. Clean our house. Search earnestly. Don't give up. Pray. And then celebrate. And it may mean that you need to start celebrating for the party now, even though you haven't seen the answer to the prayer yet. And that's okay. God loves to party. And he doesn't care about waiting for that to happen. Celebrate now. Declare it now. Lord, I thank you for that day when Uncle Bruce gets saved. Right? Amen. We can believe that. Because that answer is always yes. This morning, we can rejoice. Jesus responded a couple chapters later in Luke chapter 19 when he's talking to Zacchaeus, who was one of those foul tax collectors who got saved and who received and who was lost but came home. And and Jesus says, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. This morning as we kind of conclude, as we wrap things up, let us take the task of reaching out to the lost this week. Let us shine our light. Let us clean house. And let us earnestly search and ask God, who do you want to save? Who do you want us to pray for? Who do you want us to love on this week? Amen? Father, we just ask that you would give us courage. It takes courage to light a lamp and to shine a light in a dark world where everyone else is accustomed to walking in the darkness. It takes courage to clean our own house and to, to ask you to shine a light on us and to clean that junk out of us first. Father, we, we need courage to earnestly search and to pray and to love those of our family and friends that don't know you, that are lost. You would draw them by the power of your Holy Spirit to receive you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
right, we are going to transition quickly to our annual business meeting. Um, and if it's okay with you, if you need to leave, that's fine. Um, if you are a member and you need to leave but would like to vote, please see Melissa. Melissa will get you signed in so that your vote can count. Um, I need a couple of people to help Melissa. Melissa has a stack of stuff. Everyone needs to get an agenda, uh, at least one agenda per table, and then some voting ballots so that we can vote. Don't worry so much about tearing down because I want to jump right into this and then we'll be done. Um, or you can do that while we're passing out stuff. 